Hey, we're back. We are back with another episode of Honest Dish with a side of hot sauce. Episode 34. 34 today. Okay, wow. can we pick who gets to be hot sauce this week? Sure. I want to be hot sauce. I want to be hot sauce. I'm almost on spring break, man. The kids are yep. just, out of school. And just leaving for spring break tomorrow. Two days, headed out. Technically Friday. Yeah. At 2 a.m., getting putting three kids in the car and heading to Florida. Florida. Yeah, only 21-hour so. drive. I mean, we'll stop a little bit. Um, and if these kids misbehave, I will sell one of them at a truck stop. <laughs> so if you see me slow rolling and my son's here in the studio today yeah. in uh, new leonard media studio here in traverse city we got gabe in the back we got mark on the mix master tapes and we got Caden kind of creeping in the corner making sure we're all doing the right thing yep um we do have a guest today who we'll introduce shortly um but we got to cover a couple things we've got to make sure what did we say episode 34 34 today 34 mm. so we're almost to my golden episode which is 100? 35. Oh, oh, like your birthday. My birthday. My age. Ah, so we'll we'll have to celebrate that some way. Yeah. But as always on every show, we have made a shout out to the world's most quintessential podcaster, Mr. Joe Rogan. We are here and we are still calling you out on episode 100 for the uh, Bare Knuckles boxing match between uh, yourself and Nick the uh, the main brains of this operation. Um, after watching a number of Joe Rogan Taekwondo kicks, it's it's going to be fists only. I'm I'm I got a no little feet. nervous. No feet. I got a little nervous when you sent me those, but I've been really doing a lot of crunches, you know, so I can uh, take those kicks to, to the, the gut. face. He's he's <laughs> yeah. like four eleven, dude. I'm yeah. six four. He's, he's kicking me in the gut. He's kicking you in the face. Trust me. <laughs> so. Yeah, we we've got our shout out to him. We got our shout out to the studio. Um, I think we're good to go. Are you going anywhere for spring break? No, you're here. You just got back. From I just Puerto got Rico. back from Puerto Rico. Yeah, I was going to do a Florida trip. Um, actually, we went to book the other night, and we just we dropped the ball this year on the Florida trip. But um, we had actually ended up putting down a deposit for a place next year. So all right, that's all in the books. So we're ready to go in uh, 2022. You know, the challenge is, is I love. Uh, spontaneous impromptu vacations because it lets you just kind of like roll with it. But with COVID, travel restrictions, um, I mean, in America, we've got, what, 25% of people now have had one amount of at least some vaccine. 14% of people have been doubly inoculated. So, you know, this time next week that, you know, 25% is probably going to look closer to 30, 35. But, you know, this year has been just obviously weird with COVID and restrictions and, now all that pent-up vacation demand has um, just made it, I think, more challenging to go impromptu vacation, especially somewhere warm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not taking the kids to South Beach. Okay. And I don't know if you've been watching the news. Have you seen any of the videos on like what's going on in Miami right now? No. So you have college spring break mixed with regular kind of spring break, and everyone's uh, congregating in Miami where it's getting insane. Um, I remember going to this bar. Oh, yeah. The Clevelander, which is an open air bar, they've shut mm-hmm. it down. Everything's it's, the, it's go chaos. check it out. It's fun. So it's chaos. Gabe, just be wary. If we end up in a open air bar and some dude offers you yayo in the bathroom, say no. <laughs> just say no. <laughs> say no. All right, I'm getting weird looks from an eight year old, but that's uh, okay. Um, so today we got a special guest. We got a special guest, and I want to ask you 
uh, after we're going to introduce our guests, but then I want to definitely ask how you guys connected. So today we have Ari Galper. Ari is the world's number one authority on trust-based selling and is one of the most experienced sales growth advisors in the world. He's the creator of Unlock the Sales Game, a completely new and revolutionary sales approach that overturns the notion of selling as we know it today. Ari's been featured in CEO Magazine, Sky News, Forbes, Inc. Magazine, and the Australian Financial Review, which definitely is going to bring up some fun questions about Australia. His book, Unlock the Sales Game, has become an instant bestseller among business owners and entrepreneurs across the globe. Ari, thank you for coming on the show. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. This this morning, actually, because it's it's 8 a.m., you just told us. Hey, so. good, top of the morning to you. Yep, yep. Great to have you. Thank you, you so much. So yeah, your listeners are probably going, wait, he's got an American accent. How's he living in Australia? So. <laughs> you were very American accented. <laughs> so you you said, and we're going to jump into some of your, your backstory here, but before we, we got on the, the podcast, you had said you've been in Amer- in Australia for, was it, did you say 20 years? About 20 years, yeah. I met my wife online. I'm from San Diego originally. She's from Sydney. We met in California. She's working there on a dating site. This is pre-swiping. This is like DOS days, like emails <laughs> me back and forth. Yeah. A photo. I'm like, oh, she's cute. You know, so we had a conversation and then we dated a few months there. Then she's like, come visit my family in, in Sydney. I'm like, man, that's, that's pretty far. I'm not sure I can go. I was like, okay, I'm coming. Uh, so got an airplane and uh, came out here. We got engaged, married, then um, tell you a story in a little while, but went back to LA to start my company there. Then we moved out here and been here ever since 20 years. Okay. So you do have that quasi expat accent. I, I don't know if anyone tells you that, but that, that, you know, you've been heard living that. abroad for a period of time where, you know, it's not quite, you said you're from California originally. Yeah. So you don't sound yeah. like you're from LA, but like, you know, and I've known a lot of people from San Diego and you don't have necessarily just that California sound. So you're doing something right out there in Australia, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah. So I know our listeners and we're kind of, you know interested in you know learning a little bit about the book, um, Unlock the Sales Game. I think I, I did some reading of it the last couple of days. Um, by reading, I mean audibling just because I you know these days, just with time and being in transit a lot, I find audiobooks kind of, especially for nonfiction, more up my alley. Um, but, you know, give us a little bit of your backstory. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, like pretend this is online dating and what do you want us to know? Sell us on you. Well, I mean, I think it, I think a good place to start would be the kind of transformational story that kind of uh, flipped my brain into this whole shift that I will be talking about today. About before I came out here about 20 years ago, I was a sales manager in a software company. We we launched the first online website tracking tools to collect website behavior, like visitor data, going through and now it's called Google Analytics. I'm sure you've probably heard of that. But back then we were one of the first people to come up with this concept. And uh, uh, fast growing business back then, 18 reps underneath me. Uh, the large leads came my way, the big opportunities is one contact came across my desk. And it was a big, big, you'd recognize the name, big company, lots of websites. And I was like, oh, this is, this is awesome. So I called my contact back. He's a nice guy. We have a conversation and he agrees to a conference call and a demo to see our product. And I'm like, wow, this is great. So we scheduled this call and literally it's such a big deal. If I close this one sale, it will double the revenue of the whole company in one, in one drop. So that's how big this was. The team was like high five that day. A good, a lot of bonuses. 
Big time for yeah. Christmas time. Yeah. Right. So a little bit of pressure, but I was cool with it. So I went in the conference room that day, four o'clock on a Friday and a closed door behind me. I'm with my CEO in the room. It's a long uh, conference table in the middle of the speakerphone. You know, the old ones with the spaceship, like looking speakerphones, <laughs> corporate ones. Oh yeah. Right in the middle of the table, like Star Trek. So I, I hit the on button and I dial the number of my contact says, hello. He's like, Hey Ari. Hey John, how's it going? Good. And he's like, Hey, let me just tell you Ari who's with me in the room today. I was like, oh, okay. Next thing here is, my name's Mike, I'm CEO. I was like, oh, wow, CEO, this is good. My name's John, I'm head of IT. Oh, this is perfect, the global head of IT. My name is Julia, I'm head of marketing. Oh, like everybody on this call was basically a decision maker. You know, this is the call, like you hope to get as often as possible if you're in business, you know, right, this is like, right. this is it. Right. And I was like, oh, my back my back kind of went straight, you know, I was the like, sweat oh, geez, started to like pour the- out, yeah. This is like the real deal. Mm-hmm. So then I began to describe what we do. And I just kind of give them a live demo over the web to show them uh, when their websites we did in advance. We collected the information, showed them in real time. And, and I started hearing this noise on the phone call like, wow, this is great. This is incredible. They start asking me all kinds of questions. You know, how do we install it? How does it work? How do we access it? And it, I had all the answers because I was competent. And it, it was like, guys, it was like a love fest on the phone. So everything you know was like falling. About, like, and, oh, yeah, I've had those sales calls. It's fun. Everyone's like just yeah. effusive and things are good. And, you know, you're already counting your chips and everyone's, you know, your side of the table's like, ah, oh, this is in the bag. Yeah, it's like one big party. They're asking me all the questions. I got all the answers. I mean, I, I've got the CDs in my car back then. I went to, to the seminars like you guys probably went to. I got the books on my shelf how to sell, you know, answering objections, build rapport. I was doing everything I was taught to do. And it was, it was absolutely awesome call. And my boss would give me a high five back of my shoulder. He's like, nice job. And he's calling us on his cell phone for the next car he wants to buy with a wheel color and all that. Cause he knows this is, this is just too, this is an awesome call. This is just done deal. So the call kind of comes to a close. My guy says, thank you so much. And he says, look, give us a call a couple of weeks, follow up with us and we'll move this thing forward. I'm like, oh, thank you, God. Perfect, perfect next step. So I said my goodbyes. I took my arm and I reached for the for the phone in the middle of the table to hit the off button on the speakerphone. As I'm reaching for the off button on the speakerphone, by complete accident, now it's the divine intervention. My thumb hit the mute button instead of the off button. They were like right next to each other. And I kind of hit the wrong button by accident and a small click happened. And a voice inside of me said, Ari, go to the dark side, be a fly in the wall. You got nothing to lose because they thought I hung up the phone. Like the angels over here says, no, don't do that. Yep. The devil's like, yeah, why not? That, yep. You know, the animal house thing. And so a- anyways, um, so I pulled my thumb back. They thought I hung up the phone. They started talking amongst themselves thinking I had left the call. <laughs> now, so what, what might you what it's not a trick question though what do you imagine they would have said after a call like that oh i mean that went really well like let's follow up with them in a couple of weeks right like yeah i mean there's really yeah. two ways that goes i mean i i've been so i've been not i've been you but i've also been them before you know being sold and it's like there's those times that we hang up and i'm just like no effing way like it could have gone great and, and it could have been perfect and it could have aligned with everything we were looking for. And I might've just said like, Nope, I don't want to do this right now. I got too much on my plate or, you know, or I could have been like, Oh my God, what sign me up now. So there's really like a, a binary option here. And I'm, I'm guessing it probably wasn't like the good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you what this had verbatim word for word. It's why we're here today. 
what they said was this. They said, we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information and make sure we shop someplace else cheaper. <laughs> Knife in heart. I, I was in a state of shock. Was your boss was like, still what? there at the time? Like your CEO? Yeah, he was like, right. he was in the shock too. And literally I, I, I shook my hand. I hit, hit the off button and I looked at the wall and I said to myself, what did I do wrong? I did everything I was supposed to do right. I built rapport, nice guy, answered questions, showed value, everything in the sales book I did the right way. And the first big epiphany hit me, you guys can tell me what you think about this or not, that somewhere along the way, it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth to people who sell, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's also, unfortunately, it's socially acceptable just not to tell the truth. Um, yeah, it's it's okay to not tell the truth. It's okay to hold back what you want to tell people. It's okay to manipulate people. It's all okay to do that to people. And I'm like, that is so wrong. <laughs> and then I and I and I realized that moment that there is this river of invisible pressure that flows underneath every sales conversation you have with somebody. Now you can't see it, and they can't see it, but it is there. And I realized if you could do not remove that pressure from the process, you will always be chasing what I call ghosts and never know where you stand and always be kind of chasing these people who never tell you where they stand playing the numbers game. And that's where I invented my unlock the sales game mindset shift where the concept is you let go of your goal of the sale and you focus only on building trust with them so they feel comfortable telling you where they stand every step of the way. So you're not guessing, playing the numbers game and hoping you get the sale. That became my whole lot of the game revolution for the last 20 years around trust-based selling to be able to, what I call, get to the truth, which ironically, 10X is your sales. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So when you, you left that call, you're kind of in a state of shock. Um, what do you do right after that? What'd you do? I mean, I, I've been in that position I, I've, you know, I've been in sales and out of sales and, you know, the number of years and I've always learned and granted, you know, I started doing this maybe 10, 15 years ago, but I was always taught you had to build trust and like people will only buy from you if they know, like, and trust you. And, you know, the first two are fairly easy. The third one's the toughest one. But, you know, when I hear what you're saying, like, you know, let go of all the stuff you read in the books it's just kind of funny to me being from kind of a, a younger generation hearing that 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 wasn't like just the way people operated. Mm -hmm. um, but so that happens to you. What do you you know, what do you do with the rest of your day? Where's your energy well, go in a moment like that? First of all, you're dehumanized. You feel manipulated. You feel like, man, I was lied to. They told me everything I wanted to hear. It was absolutely just a soul destroying. And, and I said to myself, I'm never, ever, ever going to let this happen again. And, and I quit my job oh, that week. Okay. I quit, I quit my, I quit my job. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to disrupt the entire sales industry. I'm going to build my own way of thinking around this, my own body of work. And I'm going to basically help people get to the truth earlier on without chasing people, hoping they're going to get the sale because that's this soul destroying and dysfunctional relationship in itself 
by not knowing where you stand the whole time with somebody mm -hmm. when they're playing, pulling your strings and kind of see, we've been so conditioned in the sales process to accept that as part of the game that it's unacceptable to accept that. Yeah. That's just not okay for me. So, you know, I, I grew up in a household where in many cases I was suppressed to tell my truth. I had to keep my quiet a lot of time. I couldn't say what I wanted to say. I had to learn how to communicate with trust to not disrupt the other person as a child. And I, it's been my mission this whole time to help people break out of this sort of situation where they're uh, subservient to the customer. They have to kind of, kind of go along with the flow and just hope at the end they say yes. Okay. I get that. Like, it's still that mantra of the customer is always right. Um, but I think what what you're saying is, is that relationship dynamic is very one-sided. And right. it's like a, a crappy marriage, right? Where, you know, our, you know, my parents' generation, their parents' generation, maybe it didn't really matter the power structure because cultural and societal norms were such that, you know, the woman just listens to what the man says and we're, someone's going to suck up being unhappy. But like as we've kind of progressed and evolved, we know like a healthy relationship has two sides to it, right? It has like a give and a take and a push and a pull where a healthy sales relationship should probably function similarly. You know, honesty, trust, respect, you know, yes, rapport, but also like, you know, being vulnerable with your clients and letting them be vulnerable with you and kind of having that ability to let your guard down in trust. Um it it sounds like what you're saying is you're just kind of coming back. You're like you're 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 in a good marriage versus just as a sales job. Yes, exactly. This is real relationship building, not a game. Mm -hmm. And most people in sales sales and business view it as a game. They view prospects as prospects, not human beings. Yeah, they play the numbers game. They view it as a detached pinball machine when they're pushing the buttons and hoping the ball gets down to the bottom. They, mm -hmm. it's, it's not, they don't know how to create real trust with people. What's happened is this. We've been so conditioned to believe it's all about relationship building. And what I realized is you can build trust without building a relationship. They are mutually exclusive. You see, we've been taught by the gurus to build rapport, get to know people, how's it going, become their friend. And once they like you, well, then hopefully they'll buy from you. Well, you mm -hmm. know what I discovered? I discovered you build a relationship after the sale, not before the sale. If you get good at pure trust building only and not trying to build fake rapport, like everyone knows it's fake anyways. Hey, how's it going? Like, it's just all this stuff that we know is not authentic. And I figured out a way to basically reposition the sales process. So it's like, you're the doctor, they're the patient, right? So when you go see a doctor, they're not saying, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Let's have a cup, cup of coffee, get to know each other a little bit better before I see what your problem is. <laughs> like doctors don't do coffee. Like, <laughs> it's like this whole relationship thing screws the whole thing up because what it does is it, 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 it combines social norms and business norms and mixes it all up. And then we get lost in the whole process. We're like, oh, shit, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. I spent all this money with the guy. spent like 10 calls with them. Now they're not going to buy it from me. What happened? It's because yeah. we've been so st stuck in that cult of selling around. They got to like me and know me first before they're going to buy it from me. That's BS. As long as they trust you first, you're good. I get what you're saying. It's like because the doctor has an inherent implicit trust mechanism, right? You, 
you get the words doctor in front of your name, you're you've, you're well studied, and so you go into the doctor's office and you just assume they're an expert, right? And and maybe that's you know in the medical world in our symptomatic world that's enough to kind of lower our, our hackles and our ability to kind of sniff out you know people that are untrustworthy. But I guess what do you then say to people say in a you know, a business to business sales setting such as, you know, software sales or, you know, uh, uh, enterprise solutions, something like that, or people that are selling to businesses, what would you say to them? How do they establish themselves as trustworthy? And I mean, I, and I'm saying this as more of like kind of an anecdotal, like, hey, you know, I, I think we all know how to be trustworthy, but what do you tell salespeople to, to kind of walk that walk? Well, basically, I, I'm working on a new book right now uh, called The One Call Sale, where I've invented a way to be able to onboard somebody from one scheduled consultation into a client, a paid client, without pressure, without proposals, without chasing, without next steps, to create such deep trust in that call. And the way it works is this, is that in the way you position yourself as an expert or authority or trust authority, as I might call it, is that when they when you start the call with somebody on the scheduled call, um, it's not about, hey, how's it going? Hey, nice to meet you. How's the weather outside? Hey, let's learn about it's not this sort of like looking for a hook somewhere with them. Sure. Which is a lot of work, right? Yeah. And what you do is you immediately reframe the conversation where you start to unpack their problem at such a deep level. I call it going down the iceberg beyond what they think they know about themselves, where they kind of own the issue and they ask you for help. So I'll give you an example. You know, normally when these calls start with somebody in enterprise sales or any sales situation, usually they start the call with a lot of jigging back and forth with trying to get to know them better or becoming their friend or all report. But the way I, the way we teach it is this. It's like, you know, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Look, if it'd be okay with you, uh, why don't we take a step back for a moment and maybe walk me through a bit of your story, a bit of your journey, a bit of your challenges you have right now in your business. We'll kind of go from there. How's that sound? Sure. It's more of a discovery-based process. Well, it's not just it's discovery, yes, but it's going deep down below the level they expected to go with you. Because what ha normally happens is in this, quote, normal discovery process, you'll have a chat with someone and they'll tell you a few of their problems. And the person in sales will go, oh, oh, OK, yeah, I can help you with that. And they go right into the sales process right away. Sure. So we don't do any of that. We do not allow anyone to offer their solution at all early on in the process until they go deep down below those problems in, in a unique way. Because that creates vulnerability and trust. Hmm. Understandable. It's kind of like sales therapy. No, I get it. And I mean, I, in my professional career in banking, it is, it's similar where I establish trust because like they're there. They're, they're you know, the I assume... Somebody's taking my call or meeting with me because they, yes. they they're already they're, you've already like established the fact yes. they want to do business, and it might yes. be me, it might be somebody else, but so like I don't need to sit there and BS with them about the weather or the sports or you know I can genuinely care about things that they want to talk about, but there's no reason to spin a lot of wheels. But I have also found that I agree that it's not like I've always come back to people and have said, hey or prospects or clients or people that I've already worked with or are looking to work with that, hey, give me some, inf you know, I want some time to digest this information, whether it's you're giving it to me right now or I still need to get some information from you, but give me some time to digest it and then we can talk again. And I think that's, for me, has always been helpful with 
you know, quote unquote, establishing trust because I mean, I'm at like people come look to work with me now, which is nice, but a lot of it has to do with, you know, not selling, you know, it's like a very Buddhist philosophy. The way to make the sale is to not sell. Right. (laughs) What I tell my clients is stop selling, start building trust with people, let go of all the behaviors you're used to, which is pitching, jumping in, offering solutions, building rapport, all those techniques that were fine in the 80s and 90s just don't drive anymore because right now trust is a new currency. And if you aren't consciously building trust with people from hello, you'll be stuck in that chasing game for a long, long time. And what happens is this, is people are taught to believe their job is to educate and provide value up front in the process. And what I tell my clients is stop building value. Stop educating pre-sale. Instead, focus on providing clarity, clarity on what their issues are at a deep level so they can ROI those issues and they can ask you for help. When they ask you for help, then you have permission to talk about you, but not before that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Clarity on the issues. That's a, that's a nice axiom. Um, so you quit your job with the kind of, I'm going to disrupt the sales industry. So what were yep. some of the kind of things you learned other than, you know, the 80, you know, yes, you, you're, you, the eighties and nineties B school sales philosophies seem very strong in what you were exposed to, but I guess what other kind of things did you learn that you may have already known, right? Like things that like some, you know, like the universal truths are the ones we already know. And sometimes they're very cloudy to us, but then eventually they kind of come come at us in a way that we're like, oh, holy crap, I've been like, I knew this, but I didn't do this. So what were some of those things that kind of just finally like appeared to you yeah. and said, oh, hey, here's where we're at? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. There's actually a few sales myths that I, I debunked in my own brain to, to make this breakthrough happen for myself. Sure. One of them is a classic one you probably heard of, which is sales is a numbers game, right? Sure. That's... That's the whole concept of the more contacts you make, hopefully the more sales you make. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. It's been around for a long, long time. You know, what we discovered, we discovered in this economy now, it's not about how many contacts you make anymore. It's about how good you are at building trust with them on each conversation, not how many good contacts you have as a volume issue. It's how good you are going deep with them. And the other one is this idea of the sales lost at the end of the process. I'm sure you've been in the game before we had a deal pending that looked really positive. At the end, it just fell through. And you're kind of like, what the, what? We, it was a perfect fit. Why did this just drop out? Why they, why they choose somebody else? We discovered that in this economy now, the sales not lost anymore at the end of the process. It's actually lost at the beginning. It's lost at hello. And just for fun, I'll show you guys right now. It's a fun way. But if someone calls you on the phone tomorrow and you hear, hi, my name is... I'm with, we are a, what goes through your mind in about three seconds? How do I hang up this call? Sales pitchy. It's over at hello. And you'd be surprised. Financial advisors, accountants, professionals, they're still starting conversations in a sales role. They're not starting it to build trust. And it's so fascinating. I just talked to a financial advisor this morning. This is a guy that does really, really well. And, and I, I had him give me, show me his recordings of his phone calls. And I was in a state of shock. And I showed him what he was doing. I was like, oh, my God. I had no, you know, it's really funny. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to take an oath with me today, a verbal oath, my, my, my friend, who's my client. And I said, 
I want you to never, ever use this word again in, in your business. And that's the word follow-up. Oh, do you mind if I follow don't up ever with you use soon word, on that? Yeah. <laughs> don't ever use the word follow-up ever again. He goes, why? Because the only industry in the world that uses the word follow-up is sales. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of move things forward, follow up. That immediately destroys your entire credibility by using language like that. And, and like, he's like, well, what about touch base or, 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 you know, or checking in? I'm like, those are all 1980s. I know who sales techniques that scream, I'm here to sell you something. So I said, here's what you say instead. You say, or on email, you say, I'm giving you a call on phone to see if you have any feedback on our previous conversation any feedback on our last meeting feedbacks going backwards follow-ups going forwards and uh-huh. i explained to him don't create momentum to move things towards a sale the moment you put momentum on people or pressure on people they put their guard up they hold back on the truth and they become a ghost so when you're that's interesting when you're um you know on a we'll say a sales call um and you're talking to, you know, a prospect, um, what would you say instead of, you know, when's a good time to follow up with you? What would you say instead of that? Would you be open? Okay. Would you be open to scheduling a chat on our calendars so we don't have to chase each other back and forth going forward? Would you be open to that? Okay. Would you be? There's no follow-up in my world. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. no chasing my world. <laughs> there is no chasing or follow up at all. In fact, I'll tell you a quick story. I'm teaching my, my members this. Um, and, and I told them this is a no proposal zone. And they're like, what's that? I said, next time you're on the phone with somebody and they said to you, send me a proposal, I want you to say this. I want you to say, um, I, I don't do proposals. I don't know how to do proposals. And I'm not in the proposal business. I'm in the solving your financial issues business. I'm an issue fixing your house business. I don't do proposals. But would you be open to the idea? So it's it's breaking all the rules. Here's the funny thing about that. I tried I, this last week with a client came my way and I said the same to the CEO. You know what she says to me under her breath? She says, good, because I hate proposals. Everyone cuts and pastes them and puts them in a PDF and mm-hmm. puts a price <laughs> at the bottom. They're all generic anyway. So that's great, Ari. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'm not in the proposal business. Yeah. I usually irk at that as well when clients or to be clients are like, hey, will you send me like, you know, like a proposal? I'm like, yeah, I'd rather not. And I, I and I'm, I'm, I'm a little callous just because of in my industry, I'm, I don't, I, there's not a lack of, opportunity um but there is a piece of it where i do like that i'm not in the proposal business so with your permission i'm going to steal that at some point Uh, that's fine i think that's great because normally i'd be like i don't know if i have time for that (laughs) or it's like you know like just tell me what you want to know and i'll I'll give you some numbers but i do love that i'm not in the proposal business and then i might like say mo effer and that might scare some people off though like what if people want that legal binding you know because people that are that's not legal you're right but like so some people are stuck in that like they are but think remember the movie tommy boy right you can either take my word for it or you can shove your head up the butcher's ass or whatever i always go back to that it's like you can put together a proposal or give somebody something but it's it's like until you know we're 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 high fiving at the end 
it's it's worth the paper it's printed on sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I'm, o- I'm okay with a summary at the end as long as it say yes verbally in the beginning. Sure. So you learned, like, I love that I'm not in a proposal business. What were some of the other kind of, you mentioned sales myths. What's another one that sticks out on at you? Uh, another one is the idea that rejection is part of the sales game. Mm. You heard that before from the old manager said, hey, if you're not tough enough, if you don't have thick skin, if you can't take a no, if you can't take rejection, you're not made for success. <laughs> you know, we figured out. We figured out the rejection actually is triggered by certain things you say and do that cause the other person to push back on you. It just doesn't happen. It's things you're doing unconsciously. I'll give you an example. Let me get, let's do a scenario here. So let's say you have, you're on a call with somebody, a first conversation, uh, and you're, you're selling your business, right? And the call is going well and looks like a good opportunity. They seem qualified. You know, it's a good opportunity for you. And the call kind of comes to an end. Normally in sales, we say things like what? We say things, hey, how about we get together or how about we move things forward? How about we have a couple? We try and move things where? Forward. Forward. Right. The problem is if you move things forward and they aren't ready yet, you break trust right in the Mm -hmm. beginning. Mm -hmm. So same scenario, but our approach, call is going well, good opportunity, call kind of comes to an end rather than saying, hey, how about we move forward? What we say instead is this. We say, where? Do you think we should go from here? It's like same can be applied in your dating life, right? You don't want to push them too close, right? I mean, it's the same thing. It's you put the ball in their court, which is great because well, yep, you you put the ball in their court. They're gonna tell you what they want, and you know, so then that gives you the answer and how to proceed. Really, so you get to the truth, right? Yep. That's the goal. The goal that we teach is to get to the truth using our mindset and languaging that I just gave you guys. And what usually happens when you say this to somebody, uh, where do you think we should go from here? Usually they're in a state of shock. Mm-hmm. They can't believe someone to ask them right. what they think we should do. That is unheard of in selling. We're so conditioned to pull them down our process to get to our goal. And they feel that from you a mile away. They can tell, oh, man, this guy is just one of those guys. Now, they won't tell you this with their own words, but in the back of their brain, they'll go, all right, don't give him everything. Just give him what he needs to know. So I have control. I can protect myself because he's one of those guys. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's so subtle. You lose the sale at the beginning of your process because you're, most people still think it's a sales process and it's a game. True. It's really human to human. I think a lot of it is, you know, it it is. And I've I've trained a few people to do sales, and I've always said, you know, reputation, which is equivalent to like, you know, it's it's the currency of trust to some extent. And when you, you, you every minute you have, you can damage your reputation. So like you're more apt to damage things by like doing something wrong than it's like if like if you put it on a a continuum and your reputation is zero to, you know, negative 100 to 100 and you're at like a 80, you know, you're going to go up and down from there. But as you move through that continuum, you know, anything you do is moving you down. Very few things you can do other than your own consistency will kind of keep you there. So it's like you have more opportunity to continually kind of screw it up. And that could be as simple as pushing too quickly or, you know, asking for the sale or, you know, making 
a salesy move. Um, and it's funny because in 2021 or whatever year we're in, you can find, you know what salespeople are. And it's like, but you also know that there are very successful people in sales that you wouldn't be like, oh, he's in sales. You'd just be like, they're, they're really good at software or they're really good at advertising or marketing. But it's like, in the end, they're salespeople, but they just don't have that, I don't know, maybe it is a stench. Like, I don't mean that harshly, but like, Ari, I'm sure you know what I'm saying. It's like, the, there's the shtick plus that kind of, you know, ex machismo that kind of makes it like, and very robotic in a way. Yeah. Um, well, there's different levels. There, there's people who wear it, and you know it. Yeah. 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 You yeah. know it at yeah. hello. You know it at hello, right? Yeah. You know. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? That, that's the that's the that's that's the the guy still in 1980s and 90s training. Then there's the guys even today, 2021, 2022, who are professionals who are consultants, advisors, uh, coaches, consultants, who will call themselves non-salespeople. And they'll say they've got good hearts and they care about their, 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 their prospects. But when you hear them doing their thing, they're still unconsciously dropping in their, pro their solution too early. They're still building touch rapport. They're still chasing people. They're still mm -hmm. doing all the behaviors yep. that they don't want to become um, because that's all they know. They no one's ever taught them how to detox yep. from that old brainwashing and to be themselves again. Yep. It's My like favorite are the second nature. I love the desperate salespeople that you know it's like they've been making calls all month or whatever, <clears throat> and you can just hear it in their voice. Like just you picked up. You, you've gone more than 30 seconds, and there's like a – and it might be because they need to hit their numbers or it might be because they're not confident or they don't know how to really – you know, it's still communication. Building trust – requires good communication uh -huh. and there's Very, yeah. a lot of people that can't communicate and yeah. they're out trying to move units baby like yep. gotta exactly. move them units yep they haven't learned trust-based communication yep they're just doing an old behavior that everybody hates so so like wake wake up you know yeah i hate yep. waking up so um um, talking a little bit about how I found you, Ari, and uh, I got sure. some questions about, you know, where, you know, some things you said on. So I, I heard you on the Hustle and Flowchart podcast with Joe uh, Fire, is it? Yeah. And then Matt Wolf, yeah. um, which was great. Like this year, I've been doing a lot of personal development. I got into business coaching this year as well. Um, co coaching, um, you know, uh, home, home service businesses and construction businesses. There's just a huge need in yeah. that. But, um, so I got into that. So I've been doing a lot of personal development. So that's kind of what drove me to that hustle and flowchart podcast. And, uh, you said something on there that, that I want to challenge because you, you speak a lot about building trust. Um, and you said on there to not do your first call on zoom. That, that surprised me because I'm like, you know, and I get it because you said something about, you know, you, you're going to be, you know, you're, the person that you're talking to is going to be distracted and whatnot. But um, that's, we live in a Zoom world now, right? So with, uh, with, with uh, you know, COVID happening, everyone's kind of like gone to Zoom. And um, I find building trust 
is a lot easier on Zoom in my experience because, you know, you get to look at someone. You get to see how they talk. You get to see how they dress. You get to see their backdrop and if they have families of their, you know, photos of their family in the back. So I guess dive a little deeper on that and why do you think that that, you know, um, is a good play? Well, look, I think it depends on what business you're in. Obviously, if you guys are interviewing people, you want to kind of see them first. That makes a lot of sense Yeah, yeah. Um, to do it on Zoom. It, it, it's case by case, but... What I'm suggesting is this. You want to eliminate the variables that gets in the way of you diagnosing your customer's problem. And when you start to add other elements, uh, like visual elements, and you don't know them for the first time and they show up on a screen, it's a bit of an awkward moment. It's kind of like, and you can tell they're kind of like, oh, they got the ceiling fan and they're in their bedroom. It, it just, <laughs> it gets kind of weird really fast if they're not really right dead on where they should be sure and now you got to fight that awkwardness and then roll backwards into so tell me about your problems and it, it creates multiple elements in one channel as opposed to an audio is only listening and talking i it's agree only, it's only one way to go so I suck if you can too. get them talk if you can get them talking the whole time about their problems uh and you diagnose it and you onboard them from there you eliminate all the variables that could throw things in different directions so um look certainly we are in a zoom world no doubt about that but if you request your potential clients meet you in a conference line they'll do it i think you're right first meeting i would i uh, i would hate doing it via zoom i mean for me it's always been a phone call like or a face-to-face but i love the phone call it's just you know it's there's a lot less so zoom you have a technology requirement there's some amount of expectation. You're going to dial in at this specific time. You've got a password. You know, everyone's trying to set up something, and there's a lot more coordination to just even to get to the how's it going moment. Um, and, and I think Ari's right with not just the visual kind of distractions, but I think the overall just, you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to be looking in their eyes or at the camera, right? <laughs> I, I still don't know. And I'm, there's boards I serve on for nonprofits and I'm, you know, the president of a couple and I'm on these board meetings and we all do them via Zoom right now. And I am I like looking at the person on this screen or this square and wh- what am I supposed to look at? Or if I want to like, you know, pick my teeth, I can do that way easier on a phone call than you just stop your video. That's weird. Like, <laughs> so it, it makes I, I would think with sales, it would be tough. And I will say since COVID hit. I can count on the like one hand the number of Zoom like preliminary sales discussions I've had with clients. And I would say in in spite of them, they've gone okay. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like I would have rather done audio. I, I agree. Um, but I get there's probably some like us interviewing people and Ari, I can't see I'm on the other side of the table. But I, I would say yes, this interviewing helps. But like Ari, when you look at the camera, where are you, are you looking at the person or the camera? Uh, Ash, you know what's really funny is I put a little smiley face right underneath where the camera is, so I I, I know exactly. <laughs> so I, I feel, you feel like I'm looking at your looking at your eyes, so I know my eyes okay. are in the right spot. All right. Yeah, yeah. It was really weird. I was like looking up, and now I'm like. My friend's like, hey, I can't, where are your eyes? I'm like, oh, shit. So I, I actually put a little smiley face in there. So I, I look at your smiley face. And say, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you had mentioned before the call you had a couple kind of core principles. And, and I know you kind of touched on 
a couple of them with kind of the big revelation and some of the myths. But give me like your what's your one, you know, one big takeaway or, you know, as like what didn't De Niro and like the Bronx tale say there's like one thing. Wasn't that it? Maybe I'm way off on that movie. But what's like the one or maybe two big things if, you know, if people are either reading your book or they're listening to you? What's that takeaway that you want to like you can tuck them into bed with that? Let me give you the core, the core principle here. And the core principle is your goal now is to get to the truth with people. Now, what that means is having them feel comfortable telling you where they stand every step of the way. Quick story for you to round this off. I recently had someone call my office, got through my team, got to me, and I heard, and I picked the phone up. I heard Mr. Galper. I said, yeah. And it's, it's a guy, John, whoever, John, he's with, he's with a big company. He's like, look, we're, we're looking to bring in a thought leader to change our whole sales team, our whole approach. And we're looking at you and two other people right now. We'd like to know, first of all, why should we go with you? Why are you the best? And give me your best sales pitch. <laughs> Did you he's, just hang he's, up he's on doing, him? He's, putting, he, he's dropping the bomb on me. He wants me to start dancing, you know, the whole dance thing with, hey, you know. Right. So I took a deep breath. Went back to my mindset, using my languaging, I took a deep breath, lowered my voice, and I said this to him. I said, well, isn't that interesting? <laughs> Pause. Because over here at our company, we have a very similar process to you where we ask some questions, gather information to see if we're a good fit. And if we're a good fit, then we go from there. And I said to him, would you be open to that. There was this chill in the air. Like he just, you could just felt he just breathed. He lowered his shoulders. He lowers his voice. And he says to me, uh, okay, what kind of questions do you have for me? <laughs> nice. He went from the game to a human being. Mm -hmm. And in five minutes together, we had a chat. I discovered one, he's not a decision maker. Two, he has no budget. And three, he just curious as to what I do. Huh. And off he went to for some YouTube videos and he was off, off he went. Now that process I just did, which is what I teach people, saved me months of what I call this drug in our bodies. You know, it's called, it's activated with a call like that. It's called hopium. You know, the hopium drug? Oh, yes. It's when you hope... It's when you hope you got a deal, you're so excited. Oh, yeah, you're like this on this high. And then you call them, you follow up, you get their voicemail, they don't return your calls, you email them high and follow up, and you're like, oh, this sucks. And you feel like degraded as a human being. And so I made it my mission to help people to no longer be manipulated, being treated this way again, and to ever degrade their humanness ever again. That's my big message today is you don't have to play the game. You'll make a lot more sales if you focus on getting to the truth of people. I like hopium. Hopium. It's like the drugs I did in college. <laughs> but those didn't give anyone hope. Anyway, um, I like that. You got to get to the truth. I mean, that's, you know, I think that as we've evolved as a society, you know, I mean, if you look back at sales and marketing in, in America, you know, Madison Avenue and, you know, the New York kind of dictated what people bought. It was, you know, we were told what to buy and what to think by advertisers and marketers. And so a salesperson was expected to 
be salesy to you if you were going to buy, whether they came into your home back then or they were calling you. It was like, hey, I've got to tell you about this exciting blah, 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 because we're telling you what to buy. And now, you know, we're more educated. There's a lot more just info coming at us all the time. So our brains are wired a bit differently where now it is like you're now getting rid of all the crap that's coming at you. And so you do have to really trust what you're getting into. And I think, you know, especially as the things that we buy, the people that we buy from the processes or services or goods become more and more complex, you know, trust is that huge, you know, underlying part of it. I mean, I always tell people what we what we sell as a commodity. There's somebody else offering the same thing. I mean, unless it's seriously the only thing that does that, which that's very rare. But what we offer is a commodity or there's a substitute good for it. So what what makes it different to buy from me versus the guy over here, the girl over there? And, the and that's that's what, that's what I'll leave you with this to differentiate and become a category one in this economy. And you're right. Everything's been commoditized. You cannot win the game anymore on your service or solution. You can't differentiate it. It's almost impossible. But if you differentiate the way you approach people and you differentiate your sales process, that becomes your unique edge. Nobody can copy. And on that note, guys, I really appreciate you having me today. Thank you for yeah. being on. Thank you. Um, we So with our guests, we do something special. Um, we got this deck of cards, and to test your abilities of thinking, you know, off the cuff here, I'm going to ask you a question, and uh, you're going to have to answer it. So, without further ado, I'm going to pick a card out of the pod deck, and the question reads: If you could look through one person's email without them knowing, whose email would you look through? Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> uh, I'd say Richard Branson. <laughs> okay, Virgin Galactic, baby. Yeah, I've got him back on my on my shelf here. I see that. A while back. I see and, that. And um, yeah, I would love to see how he thinks. I'd love to see uh, how absolutely. he's navigating the COVID airline stuff. Like, yeah, man. yeah, all, all of that. So hopefully that 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 gives you my insights. And if anyone wants to learn more, it's okay if I share where people can go from here. Yeah, yeah. Where do people find you, and and how can people yeah reach you? Yeah, just go to www.unlockthegame.com. And uh, or AriGalper.com, and there's a an overview uh, intro free course. There is also the one call sale uh, program, which is really powerful. And um, yeah, I just I just I hope it, the world becomes more trustworthy and we can live in a better place. So I appreciate you guys having me today. Thank Absolutely. you. And again, that was Ari Galper, the world's number one authority on trust based selling. We thank you very much for being on the show. Um, look forward to kind of seeing where you go, and hopefully some of our listeners and our viewers because i think we're on the the youtube now um you know if you have questions or you want to you know give us some feedback we'd love to chat with you and hear more about your thoughts other than that we'll see you when we see you secret out see you